The word maximize, make as large or great as possible or to make the best use of. Maybe you're feeling stuck, possibly needing a new direction or just need a little motivation to move the needle in your life to get you to the next level and to make the most of your relationships, business, success, and life itself. Well, that's you. Buckle up, strap in, and get ready. The Wolf and the Captain are about to maximize you. Hey guys, we're here with another episode of Maximize You. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. So what is it about tonight, Scott? What are we going to talk about? Tell you what, man, it's been on my heart and it's, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with my re-entry after about a year of absence into the great international organization known as Toastmasters. Ah, yes. Toastmasters International. That's right. And it's not about breakfast, folks. It's not about cooking. It's not about there's no bacon. I'm sorry. I wish there was. I mean, there could be. There could be. But Toastmasters and really kind of the focus tonight is on communications and, and how Toastmasters really fits into that, Richard. And you've been you've been with Toastmasters a, a little bit less than I have, but we've both been in there. It's, this is my ninth year. This is your eighth year. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we want to talk a little bit about Toastmasters and what Toastmasters is all about and what Toastmasters has done for us and consequently what Toastmasters could do for you, the listener. Yeah. One thing we won't, don't want to forget to talk about in that light, Scott, is going to be the leadership aspect. Absolutely. Now, I do think tonight we'll probably focus on communication, but you know what? Many times I think they go hand in hand. They really do. I, I think so. I don't think you can be the best kind of leader without being an effective communicator. I would agree 100% with that. Yeah. Now, here's a good question, though. Could you be an effective communicator but not necessarily a leader? Well, here's the thing. I, I do think that they're intertwined. I think sometimes the concept of a leader is a bit misconstrued. I think sometimes when mm. we think of leader, we we immediately default to a manager or a supervisor, somebody who's in a position of authority. Mm-hmm. But, and, mm-hmm. but, I, but I really do think there's a saying there that says uh, every – Well, I was going to say every manager is a leader, but not every leader is a manager. Every manager Mm -hmm. should be a leader. Yes, I agree. Because the the concepts of management and the concepts of leadership are, are, while not totally mutually exclusive, they're also not mutually inclusive either because they can be two separate people. So to go back to your original question, can can you be a communicator without being a leader? I think by default, when you're an effective communicator, I think that makes you a leader. I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, I think about that when I ask that question. I think about some scenarios and situations. You know, who is it? Maybe it's the, the secretary at the office or, you know, just a simple admin assistant. Maybe they are an effective communicator in what they do at work. But are they really a leader? Sure. I think so. Sure. You know, now their leadership capacity may be very small or, or minimized because they only have a responsibility for a certain segment of what they do at work. But then watch when they come home. Well, and, and there's that because there's also there's leadership in the in the workplace as well as leadership in the home. But you have to also lead yourself Absolutely. before you can lead anybody. Took the words right, right out of my mouth. Man, Scott. woo, yanked them. I know when I coach folks, that's probably in about the second visit, that's the one thing I narrow down to is the first person you have to lead is yourself. That's right. If you don't. You can't lead yourself. No one else is going to follow you. I promise you that. And I might amend what I said. If you're an effective communicator, maybe you're not quite a leader outside of yourself, but I think you have the potential 
Oh, no doubt be, about it. I, and I was kind of playing devil's advocate there. Sure. I just wanted to get that fleshed out a little bit. But And I'm glad we're talking about communication because if I could go back to my 17-year-old self, that would probably be one of the most important pieces of the puzzle I would tell myself to focus in on, learn how to be a better communicator, how to share your ideas, your thoughts, your beliefs, and then how to communicate with other people in all the environments, you know, at home with my kids and my wife, at work with my coworkers, my supervisors or subordinates, it doesn't matter. But I have to be able to communicate effectively either what we need to get done, you know, whatever it is. But you got to be able to communicate effectively. That's pretty breathtaking to think of you as a 17-year-old self. I, I, that's a long time ago. Yeah, let's not talk about how long ago I don't ago even that think was, the Kitty Hawk had taken flight yet. But anyway, I digress. Oh, yes, you it's did. It's been digress. a little while. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite that far, but yeah, it was a while back. So, Wolf, what is? Let's let's just talk first about what is Toastmasters, because again, we want to talk about what 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 Toastmasters is, mm-hmm. how it's benefited you and I individually, and also what is our vision for how it could benefit other folks. So what, what is exactly is Toastmasters? We know it's not about breakfast, as I said. <laughs> right. So what's it about? Well, Toastmasters International, again, a worldwide organization. I want to say there's about 300,000 members, give or take, in like 140 to 50 different countries. Wow. So they're spread across the globe. And the original impetus of it, Ralph Smedley, I believe they started in the basement of a YMCA, MCA. basically just he saw the need for gentlemen and younger men in that era to have the ability to be able to speak off of the cuff, maybe give a toast at a meeting, and hence the word Toastmasters was brought into the picture. But again, it was about communication. These gentlemen needed to be able to communicate. In this case, mostly it was in front of a group, but now it's just evaluated. I'm sorry, it's morphed into, for me, Toastmasters is about learning how to be able to communicate your thoughts, ideas, and feelings and beliefs to other people, maybe that you work with, people at your home, in your family, and people in the community. Now, when I think when I hear Toastmasters, and this was certainly true before I joined because I had heard about it from the writings of Zig Ziglar, Jeffrey Gittimer, the author of the Little Red Book of Sales. I had a an inst- a teacher in high school. Just for the record, Toastmasters started in 1928, I think. Something like that. 1928. That's back when you were 17. Now that's way before I was 17. <laughs> way before. Very good. And it's just also proof that the YMCA is good for also more than just trendy disco music. <laughs> yes, that's I think what, it, that's is. The foundation. it is. <laughs> right. But but every everywhere Everywhere that I've ever heard of Toastmasters really points to public speaking. I mean, is that all there is to it? Absolutely not. No, not at all. The basic premise of Toastmasters, when you join, there's a communication track and there's a leadership track. Okay. Okay, so two tracks you're traveling down. Many people do come to Toastmasters strictly for the communication or public speaking piece of the puzzle. But I've come to learn that the leadership piece is just as important and probably in some ways more important Because if you come in and jump into the leadership aspect of Toastmasters, you will automatically, by default, almost be forced into the communication side. Sure. Because you'll have to learn how to communicate to be a leader, period. If you don't, you're not going to be a very good or effective leader. Well, yeah, and in fact, the tagline for Toastmasters is where leaders are made. Uh Not where communicators are made, not where professional speakers are made, although Mm -hmm. that is also true. But the impetus, the the, oh, the impetus, well, that's a good word, um, 
lost my train of thought there derailed right next to the train station the but the whole the whole idea is really developing leadership skills and through that is communication mm-hmm. so uh, 300,000 folks 140 co- countries the meetings are conducted in english uh as, as yes. i'm led to understand yeah absolutely actually all across the world are conducted yeah. in english and it has its own magazine it's a great resource for a lot mm-hmm. of folks it's also the home of the world championship of public speaking and i I've participated in it. You've participated in it. It's really the world's largest. They, they call it the world's largest speech contest, but I think more accurately, it's the world's largest speech tournament because okay. that's what it really boils down to. I would agree with that. It's just right. you think of the NCAA uh, tournament season. It's it's mm-hmm. a group of teams, and it starts to whittle down into the top, you know, the top two or the final four, and then the top right. two. Right. With Toastmasters, it, it's it's international. Starts at the club level. And it starts whittling down until you get to the national, the international semifinals, mm-hmm. which is about the top, t- however many in the world, and the, the top 100, I think it is. And then it bo- yes. narrows down to about the top 10 in the world. And from that, you mm-hmm. get crowned the world champion of public speaking. Correct. Absolutely. And, and that's probably its biggest claim to fame, in my opinion, yep. on that side of it. And again, fantastic organization. You know, if if what you want to do is become a better communicator – I don't know that there's any better place to go and get that kind of help mentorship and that guiding guidance, because again, on the communication side, you get a manual, you have 10 projects to complete on the leadership side, another manual, 10 projects to complete. And it's on the communications side; It basically just walks you through the whole process of how to sit down and write a speech, put your ideas on paper, how to get to the point, how to use maybe some body language, some voice inflection, how to use visual aids if you need so. Mm-hmm. And no, there, there is medicine for that, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> and then it kind of culminates with what they almost call, I call kind of the keynote speech, which because it's a little bit longer, but it's your inspirational yeah. speech that you give at the end of your first 10 speeches. That's right. But what it does, it lays you out a foundational premise on which to, almost like for the mechanics of speaking, really. But what I like about it, and I've tried to really encourage folks when it comes to this, it's a way to get your thoughts down on paper. It's a way to learn how to get your point across in a defined amount of time. We all probably know and can think of someone in our lives, whether it's in work or personal, professional community, that when you ask a question, you know you might be there for 25 minutes or longer for them to give you the answer. So it gives me the opportunity to learn how to putting my topics, ideas, and thoughts into a defined time frame so I'm not rambling on and on and on. What is it about? Here's my point in my story. Here's a conclusion on why I believe and think this. Simple as that. You know, I was listening to the Seller Die podcast the other day, and Jen Gluckow and, and mentioned uh, Jeffrey Gittimer was also, they, both, the, both of those folks were also recommending Toastmasters along with Jeb Blunt, a uh, guy who he does uh, sales gravy, sales gravy podcast oh yeah to get rid of filler words the ums the ahs the likes the so's the crutch words your favorite words so Mm -hmm. now richard you've you've been in toastmasters for about eight years now you have the distinction of being what's called a distinguished toastmaster now you're a distinguished dude already i've known you a while now i met you through toastmasters thank you buddy i appreciate highly no problem (laughs) checks in the mail right uh (laughs) But you've got this this title that, frankly, it's less than 5% of all Toastmasters mm-hmm. worldwide finally achieved. Now, 
I don't want to. I don't want to get into the the minutia of what goes into that per se. But in eight years of experience and being a distinguished Toastmaster, what has Toastmasters? What kind of impact has Toastmasters made upon you? And what have you really learned? What are some of the key things that you've been able to take in either or both communications and leadership? Okay. I'm going to give you two answers, really kind of narrow it down to each side again. The first thing is that it has allowed me the opportunity to do what I just said. It's allowed me the opportunity to know and understand how to get an idea across in a set amount of time. You know, Mm -hmm. is it, you know, three minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Is it an hour and a half? Whatever that thought process and idea is, how do I put it together in an organized fashion where it makes an impact on other people that are listening? Okay, that's on the communication side. And that's what I really feel like it's brought to me. And most of that part of it was stuff I had to develop. I had to write speeches, had to come up, you know, one of my speech uh, books I went through was Humorously Speaking. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest challenge, I find. I think I had a couple that were okay, but I think three out of my yes. five were really not that good. Yeah, you're right. You know? Okay. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> it's, it seemed like I can be funny spontaneously, but That's being right. funny like Same. when I'm trying to do it, it's a whole different Same. ball game. Absolutely. I get that. But it gave me that opportunity, you know, speaking to inform was another manual. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other one? Mm, I think I gave an after-dinner speech. Uh, giving an award speech, you know, thinking it was special, mm-hmm. special occasion speeches. So it gave me the opportunity to do some different areas. Also, you know, how to do uh, speaking on video, different aspects of that. So it gave me a lot of opportunity to really learn some of the things that you probably think you know, but it really does educate you in a lot of these areas on things you didn't know that you need to know for those particular specialty areas. Sure. On the leadership side, I mean, I'd been in a workforce for 20 to 30 years or so when I got into Toastmasters. And initially it was like, you know, I want to be able to start speaking about the things that are coming out of my heart, you know, about relationships and money and and all those things that I feel like I didn't learn growing up. And that's what I use it to formulate. But as I got into the leadership, serving in the leadership roles in the club, Again, Toastmasters is pretty much a, a volunteer organization. Nobody's paid to, to be a president, vice president of education, or vice president of membership. You take these roles voluntarily to help develop the club, grow the whole Toastmasters footprint mm-hmm. in your particular community. And through that process, you start to figure out, man, this is tough stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. It's in a it. volunteer organization. How do I get these people motivated or inspire them to let's go find some new members? Let's teach other people in the club how this thing works. Let's show people what they can get and what the benefit is on a personal and professional level when they get involved with the organization. Right. And I've seen a lot of people coming in blossom. I really have, you know, I've seen some that came in, thought they'd figured it out, you know, and they just disappear. You know, sometimes it's personal stuff. People get transferred, you know, life comes at us, you know, this becomes less of a priority. Mm -hmm. I believe everybody joins with good intentions, but I think life comes at us and, you know, sometimes they just disappear. More important things pop up. And I understand that. But learning how to truly get people on a voluntary basis to move toward a goal, that was probably my biggest takeaway from Toastmasters, you know, overall. Because that's such a challenging thing to do. And I guess it's backing up, you know, you, if the people have the right buy-in and they're for the right reasons, and if we keep in the Toastmaster organization, if we keep the focus on the member, on why they're there, what are their goals and what do they want to achieve, and you show them how Toastmasters can help them with that, 
they're going to be there. They're going to do what it takes, and they're going to work through the program. Sure, there's going to be frustrations. Sure, there's going to be conflict to be to resolve. But through the process, I think someone grows exponentially over time. I think it's a shame that some people don't give it the full value, the full effort that they could to really see the fruits of their labor out of it. Absolutely. Because there's really... I mean, let's be honest. The sacrifice from a financial standpoint is very minimal. Less than a hundred bucks a year. That's right. If not, if it, right at that, it kind of varies from club to club. But right. on average, yeah. about a hundred bucks. Where mm-hmm. are you going to get that? And this is this is Nowhere. something where your meetings are on a weekly or possibly a biweekly basis. So anywhere from two to four meetings a month mm-hmm. for a hundred bucks a year. Are you can't you can't go to a speaker seminar. You can't go to a seminar, you know, for a full day seminar, maybe a four hour seminar or an eight hour seminar for less than a couple hundred up to who a thousand bucks. Easily. Right. Easily. So, I mean, we're, you're talking about a hundred, you got a Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. man, I'll tell you what, you could find a Ben Franklin throughout a year. You know, I mean, that's easy enough. Well, and the beautiful part two of it is, a, as you know, Scott, is they do it in six month increments. So it's 45 Breaks bucks right now yep. for six months, 45 bucks for the next six months. Becomes it becomes Very it becomes affordable. pretty affordable for most folks, and when you have other organizations that focus on professional speaking, that have much higher dues, or again seminars that have much higher costs of entry, you can't. It's a winner winner. I agree. Look, well, something real quick, Scott. I pulled it up because I have to admit that I have not memorized the Toastmasters International Mission Statement. What? By heart. My apologies, <sighs> Toastmasters folks out there. But the mission statement for a Toastmasters club now is to provide a mutually supportive and positive learning environment in which every individual member has the opportunity to develop oral communication and leadership skills, which in turn foster self-confidence and personal growth. Now, quick question for you, Scott. You were listening, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you hear speaking anywhere? In nowhere there? in there. Right. Now, you did no. oral communication, oral which communication. would be speaking, yeah. correct? So it's not it's not very specific in that hey you got to come in and give speeches. Yeah. They, now we know that's a method to learning what you need to learn when you come into the program. You know, and when it, well the, the there's a difference to me though between oral communication and speaking. I think when I think oral communication I'm thinking of just you and I having this conversation or if I'm in a, in a meeting when I think of speaking I'm thinking like an audience. Correct. And again that's where most folks think of Toastmasters is Guy, microphone, audience, round of applause. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's that's <laughs> really the element. But it's all. But it, at the core, it's all about personal growth. Mm-hmm. So you got some stuff out of Toastmasters, you would say, in that eight. Oh, years. absolutely, no doubt. You know, besides, again, the distinguished Toastmaster, you know, award that I've got. I got a plaque on the wall, and you know, not going to put too. DTM behind my name and everything, Shiny. which is really cool. On one side, it's like, yeah, it's not such a big deal. But as I sit down and really look at it, again, going back to some of the things we've probably talked about before, it's not so much those three letters or that award that I've reached. It's what I became in the process. It's the things that I learned, the personal growth that I had through that process that really made the difference. You know, that's so why, that's why I encourage folks, you know, you have to come in with an idea of goal of what you want to achieve and then find someone who really knows the system that can show you how to plug into it and achieve that. And you're just, I mean, the fruits of your labor is going to go, you know, exponentially past that. And the other thing I like about this is if you noticed in there, positive learning environment. Speak to that a little bit, Scott. 
positive learning environment. Right, when it comes to Toastmasters. One of the one of the very cool things that I like to think about when it comes to Toastmasters is it's a learning laboratory. Absolutely. And there's no, even though we all have our, our preset biases and our opinions and things, really, there's, it's, it's a judgment-free zone. Uh, if I could, if I could borrow a, a, a gym company's phrase, uh, it's a judgment free zone because we're all there to get better. That's really what it boils down to because it's about personal development. So it's, it's a safe environment. And I, I hate that phrase, but it's a safe space. It's a safe environment for folks to come in, to practice a speech, to practice a presentation, to grow into the kind of speaker that they that they want to be, so it's one of those things that um, that I really think helps to distinguish Toastmasters from from maybe other places or, or mm-hmm. other opportunities because on a again for as often as that club meets, you have an opportunity to practice your speech mm-hmm. and to get an evaluation, uh, which is really kind of a critique. And I'll speak to that part Absolutely. of it here in a few moments that's what i was getting at thank you yeah so it's but it, it gives you the chance to receive an evaluation every speech we believe in no free speeches and i'm not talking about paying for it we're talking about where you get credit for every speech that you do towards your educational program so you get an evaluation from typically a, a more experienced toastmaster who is going to help help you see really what what was uh what might have worked really well in the speech and then maybe some constructive criticism to help you to improve exactly yeah and i think to me that is what sets toastmasters apart from every other organization out there because there's a lot of places and people that do public speaking courses yes specifically for public speaking yes. and those are great and good but the one difference is you have in that situation from what i know you have one person critiquing everybody that's given speeches. Right. In this world, different people are giving you different feedback. Sure. In addition to, again, in the, the path of the a club meeting, someone gives a speech, someone's evaluating them, taking notes. They are more than welcome to ask everybody in the club, just on a side lo- level, hey, look, listen to my speech, see if I'm using too many filler words, see if I make this mistake here. Give me your feedback on how I can make it better. And that can come from everybody, not just that one person. Right. Whereas I think in the public speaking world, when people are given those you know, classes and trainings, it's pretty much just a one person view. One person's of it. perspective. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Which, 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 is, which can be okay, but it, it lacks the, the ability f- to hear from other folks. Because that's another part of it, too, is, is not only do you get a formal evaluation, but that informal evaluation, too, mm-hmm. that you can also receive from folks that choose to do so. Absolutely. Right. And I think the other piece, too, is a mentorship over a period of time. You know, you can see people grow and develop. There's folks I have seen come into Toastmasters, and I'm sure you have too, Scott who basically have come in and given their 10 speeches. And I'm not going to sit here and say that they became a much better speaker, but I will say their confidence level increased incrementally from speech one to speech 10. Absolutely. So they're much more comfortable speaking in front of the room. It's about, you know, 10, it's, 20, 30 people. It's like they go, they go and turn from a caterpillar into a beautiful speaking butterfly. <laughs> they and and to be a little slightly more serious about it, and I and I can think of two or three examples just off the top of my head of folks in my own club, in our own club, the Evangelion Toastmasters here in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, that had that started out a little unsure of themselves, a little rocky, little little, eh, you know. 
but over the period of time into their first 10 speeches and because of the feedback and the coaching and the mentorship that they received went on to participate in contests doing very well in contests and ultimately also becoming leaders within the organization both at the club level and above into our district uh, level so it's it's i've seen some amazing development happen as a result of toastmasters and i know i've benefited from it myself Absolutely. Well, you spoke a little bit about the leader side and the leadership side. Tell me what you've gotten out of the leadership piece of Toastmaster, Scott. I will tell you that as far as the leadership piece, and I've I've had the privilege of serving on multiple levels in both the, the club as well as into the district. And I've I, I went into those roles having served in leadership capacities before when I, when I say leadership capacity, I'm talking about formal leadership within organizations where I, where I worked in nonprofits and because of, by virtue of my position, I I was a leader of people and I had to develop leadership skills. So I don't know. I think what it, that did was it helped me to continue to sharpen that saw a little bit and to continue to develop a little bit more as a leader. But I think for myself Another way I could take that leadership angle is going back to the evaluations component. Okay. Because, again, and and I spoke about the value of the evaluations. Evaluations for me became something that in our district and in our club I'm known for. Uh, I've competed in evaluations. When I started receiving evaluations. What year was that? 1998? You were the champion of 98. Dude, no. I just graduated from college in 98. Man, I was a bebe in 98. I'm sorry. No, it was 2000. Uh, 2010, I think it's it's been a while. District 68 while. evaluation champion, champion, correct? And I was out the the year before I was the runner up, so I said I'm I'm coming back and I'm taking that the big trophy home, and I did. Uh, Good for you. And I'll be competing next year too, so I'm putting the whole district on notice. I'm competing next year for my 10th anniversary in Toastmasters. There you go. Buddy. Not only will I get my own distinguished Toastmaster, but I'll also be you. You heard it here fo- first, folks. Okay. Awesome. But as far as evaluations goes, what's cool about evaluations, and I've realized something about myself and why I think evaluations click so well for me is because I am, I think by nature myself, I'm an encourager. I like to coach people and I like to see people succeed. I'm very selfless when it comes to wanting to see other people succeed. And if, awesome. and I've said it on this show before and on other podcasts that I've interviewed with and writings, I just want to move the needle on folks' lives, either their professional or personal lives. I want to leave them better in some way, shape or form than how I found them. And evaluations gives me a continuous way to be able to do that. And it's very it's very flattering and pretty humbling, actually, when I have folks that come to me and say, hey, would you like to evaluate my speech? Because they know that they're going to get a good evaluation and a fully functional evaluation. It's it's going to be deep. It's going to be something that not only is, is it going to shine a light on what they did really well, but it's also going to shine a light on those growth areas that they have, that constructive feedback. But also do it in a way that's going to leave them going wow, man, he, he, he made me feel so good, even about the areas that I might have crashed and burned on. Awesome. So I like that. So, yeah, stuff. so it's, it's, it's all, and, and that's something, by the way, that I've also taught before that you can also carry into your professional world. If you do evaluations the right way, if you're a manager or a supervisor, you can even do this as a parent. Or, or, or yeah. dealing with a spouse, maybe, absolutely, uh, or or anybody, or in any other organization where you're giving any kind of constructive, critical feedback. There's a way in which you do it that will help develop somebody and to help them to get better at whatever it is that they're doing. Right. So growth. I think growth, it, growth is absolutely the key, Richard. And I think that for myself, 
that's that's something that's just resonated with me. I haven't I haven't been quite the Speedy Gonzalez going down the road to getting my speeches and everything done because frankly, I started setting back and going Toastmasters was more of a social outlet for me because it became my second family. And now I'm getting back on track so I can I can wrap up and I can get my Distinguished Toastmaster, uh, finally, I should say. But the evaluations component, I just I love sitting back, number one, and listening to the speeches. But number two, to be able to have that opportunity to evaluate folks is incredibly uplifting. And there is an intrinsic payoff for myself in helping folks move the needle and helping folks in, in some way, shape, or form become a better speaker. And again, if I can leave somebody better off than how I found them, Bam, so be it. Awesome. Well, let me speak to this one last topic here on the leadership side. I don't mean to beat up the leadership piece, but I really want folks to walk away with understanding how, you know, that organization possibly could very help them, help them very well in that area. I look at the club level leadership. And as we know, there's an area, which is like the next step up. So it's a group of clubs. Correct. And then you have the division, which is a group of areas, which is several clubs. The division in which we are in, Division A in this in the state of Louisiana, is basically has about 18 to 20 clubs in it. And I know you served in both of those roles, I think, area and division. I did. Yeah. Speak to me a little bit about how that, as well as the club roles, president, vice president, whatever, can help someone. I think back to my younger days, you know, I was in restaurant management. I was doing shift leader work, but I'm like, man, I really want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. Could I have gotten into Toastmasters, and how could that have helped me learn how to be a better manager and leader inside my job? Sure. How, how would that have played out? So there are so many different opportunities for leadership. And Toastmasters, just like most other volunteer-driven organizations, we're hungry for leadership. We, we need people that are willing to step up and to fulfill roles, not to be a, a heartbeat in a seat, but for, to actually <laughs> do the job. So I think what that can give folks is, number one, and and I mentioned this for myself, helping to sharpen that saw, but again, because Toastmasters is a learning laboratory, you have the ability to test out your organizational skills. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to test out your communication skills. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to also find fulfillment through achievement because there are criteria that you're graded on and that you that to become a distinguished area or division or district or club as the case might be so it allows you to develop in all those areas to have that that fulfillment factor it also helps you to learn how to work with diverse personalities Mm. i mean we we live in one of the most i mean we live in one of the most fractured societies that probably in the history of our country, maybe arguably when it comes to different points of view, different beliefs and in a day and an age where people are, are offended. If you look at them the wrong way, <laughs> you know, it helps to be able to develop a skill to be able to work with somebody. You don't yeah. have to agree on everything, but there is a respect that you can have for one another. So within the, within the context of leadership, it just puts you in a situation where you've got diversity. And it's one of the great things about Toastmasters, and even in our area, we have a very, whether it's in our club and then on up to the district, we have a very diverse population uh, Absolutely. here in Louisiana. And yeah. we have our district conference coming up. We've got two folks that are from, uh, I believe one is from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And another one, I think that maybe from India, I can't remember where he's from specifically, one of the w- former world champions. Uh, 
and then we and then one of our and then another keynote from Scotland, <laughs> right? Yep. So we yep. have we have such a great, beautiful international flavor, and we have so many different perspectives. And that it, that's the extreme. I mean, we have just re- regular run of the mill folks too that are from right here in our backyard. But we got to learn how to get along. And we have to learn how to work, even when we're through our differences. So it gives us that learning laboratory to be able to work on those things. Plus, you, you find fulfillment in that, and you can also put that on your Indeed or on your resume. And folks, enough folks Absolutely. know about Toastmasters to be able to for that to stand out to yes. say, "Wow, you're a club officer, you're a club president, or you're an area director." A few right. years ago, Toastmasters made a shift from calling folks governors to directors. Right. So now that you have this word director behind your title uh, on your resume or on your Indeed, it, it just helps you to, to stand out even more. Absolutely, yeah, and I agree with that, Scott. I know when I took the division director role, number one, I said, we're going to make this work for myself as well as the division. Okay, I want to say at that time we had 15, 16 clubs. Mm -hmm. So I said, what we're going to do here is I'm going to be selfish, and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to use this to help me get my speeches done to work toward my Distinguished Toastmaster Award. Because in the grand scheme of that whole process, it's about 40 to 45 speeches and then you serve in several different leadership roles and roles in the club. But I probably needed somewhere around 12 to 15 at that time. So I said, as I'm visiting clubs, I'm going to give a speech, and it's going to count toward my yep. benefit. Yep. Second thing I said is I'm going to use this also as an opportunity to go out there and educate these clubs. Mm-hmm. All the information Toastmasters has for us, and there's stuff we can learn. All the manuals are there. There's some things online. There's videos galore out there you can find. But I don't find people really dig into this information. Right. So as I'm looking at the division and I'm saying, okay, what are some of the biggest challenges I see when I look at my club and other clubs out there? You know, one is just finding new members. You know, another one is is getting people to understand how Toastmasters works. Again, it's education. Yep. So as I developed the, the, the skill to go out and visit these clubs, I was giving speeches. I was trying to do what I could to give information to them and educate them on how they can improve their club, how they can improve themselves. And the more that I did that, I could begin to see, you know, some eyes open up and some some minds go, oh, really? So it was interesting to see that metamorphosis, and, and not everybody got it, but there were several clubs that moved, you know, to another level, grew a little bit in membership, or as specifically out in Beaumont, it was one of the areas in our division, and they became a distinguished area and had not done that for like three or four years. 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 Yeah, it was yeah. it was a while. So it was very fulfilling for me, plus to see them move to that level and, and what mm-hmm. it brought to them, not just to achieve that goal, but what it did for the clubs was very, very interesting to see. And again, I think that's where I really kind of began to really see leadership as a bigger piece of the puzzle. See, for me, you mentioned it earlier, when we talk about leaders, people generally default to a manager. Okay, well, in my world, leadership is about the people. How do you handle Mm -hmm. the people? How do you develop the people? How do you help them learn and grow in whatever they're doing? Whereas management is about the tasks, getting things done, the accountability part, the, you know, did we get this done today? Did we get Mm -hmm. this project completed? Now, yes, both of those go hand in hand, hand in glove, so to speak. So managers are much more effective if they're good leaders for their people. That's correct. And yep. as well as a good leader is, is even a better manager when they're good with their people and getting things done and can keep the yeah. task on track as well. So they do fit hand in hand. But that organization, Toastmasters, really started to show me the true side of leadership. As much as I had read and learned throughout the years working with people, that's when it really started to really 
truly crystallized for me mm-hmm. was at that point in time serving in that role. So that was another big piece of what I thought it, it really began to show me and help me learn in the process of my development personally. Very good. So as we start to wrap this session up, uh, this episode, Wolf, I'm a I'm somebody who's looking to join Toastmasters, and I'm not quite sure exactly the 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 old the old adage that says everybody has a favorite radio station. W I I F M. What is in it for what's me? What's in it for me? W I I F M. All day, all night. So, what's in it for me, Wolf? If I'm looking to join Toastmasters, what can I expect? Having talked about all this, let's wrap it in, wrap it up. What can I expect to get out of Toastmasters? You're going to get out of Toastmasters whatever you put into it, Scott. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to think that you're going to walk in the door and people are just going to, you know, tell you here's what you do step by step by step. The one thing that I guess is a plus and a minus, I think, in Toastmasters is a self-guided program. Mm-hmm. Now, here in May, they're actually rolling out a new program where more stuff will be online and online guidance and there's quizzes and assessments and stuff that will help them through that process. But when Toastmasters, you get your manuals, and you'll be assigned a mentor, someone to help you kind of walk you through it. They're going to guide you and tell you what you need to do. But there's no one there that's going to stand over you and say, hey, did you do this? Are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? Now, the mentor will say, hey, you need to get that first icebreaker speech out of the way. Hey, you need to fill in some roles here in the club. And you need to really take a serious look at possibly serving in a leadership role as well. But nobody's going to make you do anything. So, again, you're going to get out of Toastmasters exactly what you put into the mm-hmm. program. So yep. you have to have, again, that's where I come back. What is the why? If you're going to join tonight, what do you want to get out of Toastmasters? If it's just getting more confident speaking in front of people, that's fine. You'll definitely get that. And we'll show you how to do that. But there's going to be some other things involved. So are you willing to put in that time and effort? Because, you know, an hour and a half meeting once a week, that's not where the work is done. That's right. The work is done in the preparation and the That's process. Right. So where can folks go to find out more information about Toastmasters? Well, the easiest place in our online world this year, this world we're in is Toastmasters.org. Yep. Now in the Lafayette area, and you can go to find a club and put in a zip code and it'll show you. But here in the Lafayette area, we actually have three clubs now in the Lafayette area. Three, yep. Right. One meets on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. And that would be at the Opportunity Machine at the Light Center here in Lafayette. The second one would be, I think it's called Cajun Toastmasters. Yep, they're, CGI. They're also on Tuesdays, but they meet at 1130 yep. at the CGI building there on Cajun Dome Boulevard. And it is an open club. They have it at the office there at CGI. Nice conference room, screens, and all that good stuff. But it is an open club to the public, so anybody can join. So stop by and visit. And then the third one is on Thursday nights, 7 p.m., Right now, I believe they're meeting at the Olive Garden, a little yeah, back room so. back there, the meeting Olive Garden. Any of those clubs, you know, you'll get, again, what you put into you it. put into it. You find a mentor. And here's the beautiful thing, Scott, that I think a lot of people forget about, is I can join one club, but yeah. I can visit all. Can any of them. Well, I guess I can visit all, what, 100,000 clubs if I want to? Technically. All across the country. If you, were, if you were in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. <laughs> Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., if you, you know, you're in Denver, Colorado, you just go online, you find those clubs, drop in and give them a, Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And they'll, Hey, you're going to, you're, you're part of the family just as well. I would bet at almost every club, maybe not all, but you could almost every club, you could probably call in and Hey, can I give a speech tonight? They would almost more than likely let you, I would believe. Probably so. And I will tell you that as a guest, anytime you walk into a club, Hey, 
The first visit's free. That's right. right. Go give it a test drive. But look, it really is. You you get out of it what you put into it, but you can also expect if you put into it your due diligence and your time, you're going to develop your communication skills. You're going to develop your leadership skills and quite possibly make some incredible lifelong friends. And I can say that the Wolf here and and, and a couple of other folks, especially that are in my inner circle, I met through Toastmasters. And they're some some of my best friends. Wolf, eh, you know, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> friends for I, life friends that's right so so a lot of great benefits from toastmaster so we're going to get on out of here we appreciate you and uh, for the wolf this is the captain and this has been maximize, maximize you, you.